0: series called Training Camp, and if you're kind of new, you're jumping in, let me catch you up to speed because there's this notion that the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, the early church leader, and he's a young leader at that, and and he gives this challenge to him in 1 Timothy. If you have a Bible, you can go there. It'll be on the screen here in a second. Um, But 1 Timothy chapter 4, he, he says these words. He says, train yourself in godliness. How many of you have ever played a sport in junior high, high school, or college? Okay, raise your hand real high. Now, here's what I want you to do. Take 15 and a half seconds, turn to one person or two people around you, tell them what sport that was. Go, 15 seconds. What sport was it that you played? All right, how many of you that was softball or baseball of some kind? Maybe football, how many of you that was like you counted chess as, hey, good for you, good for you. I think that's bold for you to raise your hand, that's awesome. Um, You know, here's the deal, when you go through sports, and how many of you remember like the first week of practice and you had what was called conditioning, right? You don't even like to say the word, do you? Because it's just, you knew what it was going to be. In fact, I know for my son, that's the one thing he's like, I don't want to go out for soccer because like the first two weeks, you just run miles and miles and miles. Why? Because they're conditioning you, right? And they're trying to train your body to do something. And really, the crux of this whole series has been about this notion of training your life to become more and more like Jesus, not trying really, really hard. Because that's where grace gets weird if you just live with trying really hard. I'm gonna to try to be more godly. I'm gonna to try to be more humble. I'm gonna to try to be more giving. I'm gonna to try to, and you just, you put that effort out there, and how many of you feel like sometimes you're running on a treadmill, you're not going anywhere, and then you fall off, right? And you face plant. And what Paul is saying to Timothy, is he says these incredible words. Just listen to this. First Timothy chapter four, he says, have nothing to do with irreverent or silly myths. Don't, don't go chasing after these other things, these wives' tales that tell you, like, here's how, to, here's how to be spiritual. Here's how to go to another level in your relationship with God. Because that was a big deal in the first century. Here's what he says. Rather, you train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, that is good value, godliness is for this present life and also for the life to come. And he kind of echoes this thought that we see all throughout Scripture. This notion of training yourself for godliness. And we've had the opportunity to hear from uh, Richard Lopez and Daniel Boyce and Gevin and a few others. Just this notion of how does that look like in their life. Kind of taking this sports realm. And we've had some great people in here. And I'm excited for you to hear from Greg tonight. Uh, and, you know, the, the beauty of this is um, you're a big Twitter guy. You're on Twitter a lot, and um, we actually won a lunch. I will say my wife won a lunch, and I was so thankful that she brought me along, um, because uh, soon after you got here, and somehow on Twitter, we got lucky enough to do that. We met at Chick-fil-A down at, at the U of a Student uh, Center there, and we had a lunch, and I got to tell you, I was so impressed with your humility, and... Um, when we started talking about this back in March, and I emailed you and said, would you ever consider doing something like this? I was just grateful for your heart uh, to say, I, I want to use the platform God's given me to kind of direct people back to who's really in charge of this story. And so uh, Greg Byrne is the vice president of Arizona Athletics, the athletic director here. That's, you've been doing that for a while, not just here. Uh, and it's kind of in his blood because his dad did this also. Um, and just a real, real great man, great family guy, and a wonderful follower of Jesus. So would you give a warm elements welcome to Greg Byrne?
1: Thank you. I, just I, it.
0: I think the obvious question everyone's thinking is okay, how tall are you?
1: <laughs> if I stand up straight, I'm six six. Although I may I may have started shrinking, I don't know. We'll see.
0: How tall is your dad?
1: He's only six feet six. One. My mom's five ten, so that's where I got my height from.
0: When did you pass your dad?
1: Man, Do you remember I, I that quit, day? I quit growing. when I was 15, so I was I was six six. If you looked at me funny, I'd fall down. And uh, um, and I, but I was probably 13 years old when I was as tall as my dad. Really? Yeah.
0: My son's just getting ready to pass me. I'm kind of I'm fighting with this.
1: Well, we've been. Both our boys, Nicholas and Davis, uh, Regina and I's boys, uh, Nick is 6'2", he's 18, and, Nick, and Davis is six feet, Reg, is that about right? And uh, they're not going to catch they're up. Not gonna they're not going to catch they're, up. Yeah, okay, good. Home, good. which so, uh, good. <laughs> other than when you're reaching for high things, you know, in the cabinets and such, which is, I jokingly tell Regina, it's kind of part of the reason why she keeps me around, it's just so I can you know, put away the dishes and everything. But... Um, you know, it's, it's, after that, it's, it's, it's hard to find clothes. It's hard to sit on airplanes. Uh, but people remember you. That's one thing that they remember uh, about your height.
0: That's very true. I remember meeting you and, and looking up and having a hurt neck after I left. But <laughs> I figured, you know, Jesus was short, so I just kind of go with that. But
1: um, <laughs> How tall was he?
0: I well, he identified with Zacchaeus. I've got a whole theory on this. Okay, but all right. we'll save that for another time. So if you come back, I'll tell you. okay. There you go. Um,
1: hey, hey, can I say something real quick? Yeah. The, the worship team up here. Where where are they? Can they raise their hands? I think
0: some of them are back there.
1: They were they were they were awesome. Give them a round of applause. That was that was incredible. I could uh, you know, uh, I could feel that in my heart. One one because of how loud it was, but just I mean <laughs> but two, just the uh, I mean they were they were outstanding. I, I can't tell you how much uh, I enjoyed it and, and did a wonderful job. So
0: Well it's it's like that every week if you want to come back there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, tell us, we've been chatting over email a little bit, but tell us a little bit about uh, your growing up experience and kind of when you started down this path of athletics, leadership in that, and uh, kind of fill us up to speed.
1: Well, funny story. My parents, uh, my dad retired last year as an athletic director at Texas A&M, and if you follow college football at all, uh, my folks were just in town last week, and my dad's very glad to be retired right now because he's not <laughs> having to deal I with bet. Johnny Mansell. <laughs> um, that's obviously been a, a focus of a national story, and he's not having to be in the middle of it, which is a blessing. Uh, but uh, I grew up in it, and so around our table at night, do, doing what 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 I do, and I say we because Regina just has to be just as bought in as this into this as I am. Um, we don't have many nights at home. We have 20 teams. We have 450 student athletes, and uh, and we don't hunt. We don't fish. We we go and go to ball games. That's what we do as, as family activities, which is a lot of fun. That's right. And so um, when we'd have a, a rare night at home, often our discussions around the dinner table, because I was very focused on this early, especially with my, with my dad, was you know, tell me about scheduling games. Tell me about you know, the coaches' contracts weren't as complicated back then. Um, TV. Uh, I, my father was athletic director at the University of Oregon from 1983 to 92. I love, I love game days. I absolutely love game days. And I don't care if it's our football team, you know, football, men's basketball gets the lion's share of attention. When we won that national championship two years ago in Omaha, it was incredible to watch the coaches and the kids and our fans all go through that. Mm-hmm. But our our softball team, our track team, uh, Brigida Barrett, uh, our silver medalist, she's going to be at our house tomorrow <laughs> night for dinner. And, uh, awesome. you know, we just, I just love being around the, the athletes and the kids. And I was a Great athlete in my own mind. <laughs> and that was, that was about it. I was an average basketball player, and, and uh, uh, guys like Larry Bird gave me a lot of hope. And, uh, uh, but, but, in re, but in reality, uh, I, I just loved being around that environment. I was around it my whole life.
0: Mm-hmm. Brigitte was here. She shared her story. Isn't she awesome? Um, she's yeah. super awesome. She's incredible. So, yeah. so tell her hi from Ellen. I will. I will let her know. Um, do you have a favorite memory in competition or the leadership uh, side of things that you've been through? I know mean, you've had a lot. Did you get Air Jordans, by the way?
1: I never did. Um, you know, it was interesting. Uh, we, uh, I, I take that back. I think I had one pair in high school. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I loved um, I, boy, one single event. How about two? Well, probably the, the, the highlight for, there's a couple two things. So from 1998 to 2002, we were at Oregon State University. When, when we went there, there was a young athletic director named Mitch Barnhart, who's now the athletic director of Kentucky. And he hired me. I was 20, well, I was I turned 27 that year, 26 when he hired me. And uh, Oregon State had had 28 straight years of losing football. 28, OK? So in my lifetime, they hadn't had a winning season. And so two years later, we uh, We, a young man named Tevita Moala was a linebacker, unfortunately just passed away a couple months ago. Tevita scooped up a fumble against Cal, ran it in the end zone for what ended up being the sixth, there was only 11 games back then, The sixth win of the year, so it was a guaranteed winning season. And we knew the fans were coming, they were going to tear down those goalposts, they were going to get after it. And I remember Mitch and I coming down to get work with everything. There's a lot that goes behind the scenes on game days that that you all don't know about most of the time, but we were getting everything ready to go. And I remember this, this row, and it was a, it was a teenage boy, it, obviously his father and his grandfather. And they were just sitting there sobbing. And, it, and really, the, the, the teenage boy hadn't seen a winning season in his life. I hadn't seen one either. But, they, so, but they'd been Oregon State fans their whole life. And just watching that emotion, and that showed me, you know, there's flaws in athletics, OK? It's people try to cut corners for advantages. But when you see people come together, I could tell when, and my second highlight probably is Omaha two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But even though we were back in Omaha, Coach Lopez and I, we were talking, and we could feel the energy from Tucson. And I I imagine when those games were going on, you could have probably shot a a cannon off in the streets of Tucson and not hit anybody, because everybody was behind that and watching that. And, Mm -hmm. And in my biased opinion, athletics brings people together. And it doesn't matter your socioeconomic background. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your gender or anything like that. Everybody's got a common goal. And and to be in a place like Tucson and and uh, now with the Padres leaving too, I mean, mm-hmm. we're the only game in town at, at that level. Um, and so I think in our society we need more things like that, that more things that bring people together. That's a great thing and find common ground. And uh, um, so, anyways, that's those are those are two of the highlights. I could probably talk all night just about those, but uh, that I've just, and I've been that much of the puzzle. I mean, I've just been a small piece of it, but very, been very fortunate to be a part of it.
0: That's awesome. Um, well, you're right, with Padres leaving, uh, we'll go buy more tickets. There we go. That's okay. what we're all for that. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, I told you I'd get a plug. I gave it for you. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit, you know, I know your dad has had uh, great influence, not just in leadership of how you run things, but I, I think in your own life. And uh, tell me a little bit about just family growing up, experience, just some lessons that still linger with you that are shaping you.
1: Yeah, well, we, so we grew up Catholic. Bern is Irish Catholic. And uh, I still go to mass some. And actually, as I've gotten older, I get a lot more out of going to mass than I did when I was a child. Um, mass isn't always the most exciting thing in the world when you're, when you're 10 years old. But uh, I know it's different here. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Especially with you you, leading it, Jack. You felt that, yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we'd have a band like this at Mass. Uh, I
0: haven't seen that church yet. (laughs) No, no.
1: I'm sure the Pope's going to be pushing for it though. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but my mom, and my mom was a principal and uh, had her PhD and and very strong as well. And 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 the thing I, there are a couple things that I noticed with my parents. One, they always told the truth. And, they, and my dad would always say, son, you better make sure you tell the truth because you probably don't have the genes to remember your lies. You're not smart enough for that, so make <laughs> sure you tell the truth. And and I, I, I always noticed how they treated people. Um, and, and both of my folks grew up very blue collar. Um, neither of their, none of their parents had ever gone to college. And uh, uh, my grandfather, Grandpa Bernie is still alive at 99. He'll be 100 next year. With uh, <laughs> World War II vet and everything like that. So I. I Saw the value of the family. I saw the value of hard work. Um, I saw the value of taking risks hmm. and and what what comes along with that. And uh, and but it, I my parents always treated people so well and uh, never. I mean it, you know boy, I remember as a kid we drive through the neighborhood. My dad would wave at everybody. I mean everybody. He'd wave at the ducks flying by. But and and I just. You know, when you're teenagers, like, gosh, Dad, stop it, stop it. But now I do the same thing to my kids, and I embarrass that of all of them. Because when we moved, we moved here from the south, we were, I was athletic director at Mississippi State before we came to U of A. And, in the, you know, the southern hospitality thing, and I noticed when we came to Tucson, you know, you wave, and we didn't get everybody to wave back. Well, in our neighborhood now, they do a much better job of waving. you <laughs> trained them. I, I, if, if we've you. made one difference in, in Tucson, we've done that. So, anyways. All right, we
0: can see how we, well we do. So go ahead and wave.
1: There we go. All yeah, right. right. Good job, Regina. Even way back. You've trained, his, re- you've back trained to me. this group. Yeah. Thank
0: so you. So you've been here five minutes. You've already trained us. That's <laughs> so, um, I know. Speaking of Regina, I know uh, you guys are have a great partnership in this, and you've spoken about that when we had lunch and, and tonight too. Just with your travel schedule, I know you were in Las Vegas yesterday mm-hmm. for the game. And how do you all keep your marriage strong and build your family strong? You have Great kids. Uh, I know Nick more than Davis, but. Sure. Um, how do you guys work on that?
1: Well, I don't know if there's a perfect formula by any stretch. And, and just like any relationship, right, Regina and I have had our absolute strengths, and we have at times where you, you got to work through things. And uh, and I think one of the things both of us have been over the years, because we've had some unique experiences. We've lived in different parts of the country. Uh, Nicholas, when we were married at a very young age of 20, I was, I'd skipped my college graduation to go, and we had our wedding instead. And then we said we were going to wait five years to have kids, and I'll – and all of a sudden we found out shortly after we're going to become parents and uh, I was making no money and, and so we were at a time where we were trying to figure out how to buy diapers each month and, and go through that and, uh, and so the thing that we've done is we constantly work to our marriage and we, we've, it, it, with the schedule that's sometimes hard to find that time where we don't have a date night because there's never a night you can say this is it but when we have that opportunity We'll go grab something to eat together, just the two of us. Um, we talk. I, I leave early in the morning. I work out uh, in Mikhail or uh, O 100. but so I usually leave before anybody's up. But I'll call her about 7:30 between 7:30 and eight on my way up up to the office after I've gotten done with my workout. And so we connect right there. We usually try to connect sometime between the 11 and one o'clock hour um, and just say, "Hey, what's going on?" So we stay connected there and then, um, usually as I'm heading home, uh, whatever time that is, I'll, I'll give her a call and say, hey, what's going on? So even though it may only be 30 seconds and sometimes, Regina can talk a little better than I can sometimes, but uh, it may be a 10-minute conversation. But we, but we stay connected and we're always thinking about it. And I've got a little radar in the back of my head that says, you know, I haven't talked to her for four or five hours. I need to, I need to give her a call. And Some days, whether I, I may be tied up from one after the other, or she may be as well, and that doesn't happen. But we know what the intent is. You know, the, the other thing we've done, and being very, very honest, we've had our ups and downs through this too. You know, making sure yeah, we're, we're, we stay focused in our faith. And, and that's a struggle. That's a challenge on a daily basis. I'm sure some of you can relate to that. And, um, and so, you know, it's amazing when, when we put, you know, the Lord first, um, how much stronger, I mean, how much better we are. As, as, I'm better as a husband. Um, I'm better as a father. I'm better as a friend. I'm better as an athletic director. And and Jack said, "Hey, we're acquaintance friend. That's true. Actually, with my schedule and what I do, I don't have that time much time for many friends. It's been very very few and far between. I consider you a friend. Well, so thank you. yeah, likewise. I, yeah, appreciate it. Oh. Twitter helped it make that. That's,
0: happen. that's right. That's, I tweet a lot. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, tell us a little bit about your faith journey and just um, maybe some things God's been teaching you recently, or just sure. how you. How, how is that working out in well, your
1: life? Well, um, like I said, I grew up Catholic, and uh, uh, Regina grew up in the Assembly of God Church, and so we were kind of like this when we got together. I remember the first time she took me to her church; I wasn't quite sure what to think about all that, and, uh, and I said, "You know, when's when's the Our Fathers, and and uh, where's the wine, and all that stuff." But, uh, <laughs> um, and so we we kind of went on a on a on a spiritual journey uh, together, and. and the church that made the biggest am- impact on us was a church in Lexington, Kentucky. We spent four years in Lexington, and uh, I worked at the University of Kentucky. and, and uh, uh, There's a church there called Southland, and we were in our we moved there in 2002, right? 2002. And so I was I was 30. We were 31, and uh, there was a senior pastor there named Mike Bro. And this place, 11,000 people. Um, the stage was about as fancy as this right here uh and it was an amazing place i mean they had a medical clinic they had a they had uh they fed thousands upon thousands of people one weekend um they had a ministry team going to africa and and um and john that ended up being a guy named john weiss john said to the congregation he said uh, uh, hey we're going to bring soccer to to this place that we're going we think that's going to be way we're going to connect they wiped out every Walmart, every sporting goods store in the entire Lexington proper area, just with him saying that from the stage. And uh, and the humility he brought as a leader was just incredible. And John was younger than me, mm-hmm. and here he was. It, when Mike Bro left to go to uh, Willow Creek in Chicago to be one of the pastors there, John ended up being the head of the church at 29 years old. And he would get up in front of 11,000 people over the morning, and he wouldn't use a note. He had I've, I've been fortunate to see a couple... Presidents of the United States speak and all that. And best speaker I've ever been around, except except for you, of course, Jack. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> well, but, thank you. Yeah. But uh, I'll pay you later. <laughs> that's right. But I watched I watched the uh, the the impact that place had on people's lives, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think we're going to get to this in a little bit. But mm-hmm. so much of what attracts me to Christianity is, is service, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you know and, and think about where Jesus hung out. I mean, Regina and I are fortunate. That we live in the foothills. I don't think Jesus would have hung out a whole lot in the foothills. Um, and so, uh, you know, I watched that church do so much good. And so when we moved to the deep South, Mississippi, and we actually struggled a while to to find a a church home, I ended up going to the Methodist church. They had a contemporary service that we would normally go to. And and it's been uh, it's been an interesting journey for us. And 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 I'm every single morning I read a devotion uh, from Southland that they send out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that helps keep that focus on a daily basis. And I'm guilty some days where, man, I got a lot on my plate, and, I, and it's a quick, quick, quick scripture, and then, then somebody writes about the scripture. And uh, some days I breeze through it. And it's amazing when I don't take that time to, to, uh, to, to study it, mm-hmm. to, to appreciate it, to pray for it, and, and how it can impact my life. Um, the days I do that, man, I'm, I feel so much better about where I'm hopefully making a difference in, in the people's lives I'm around. Yeah. Well,
0: and I know, um, I'll talk to you later about this, but that's, that's our heartbeat Mm -hmm. is we've been on this path of God moving us to Midtown and, and we want to be that light of the world kind of church, uh, that's, that's doing that. And, and you spoke of just, you know, reading the scriptures and kind of praying over that. And, uh, I'm curious throughout your journey, uh, it seems like, I know for me, there's different seasons where there's spiritual habits or what people might call spiritual disciplines that, you know, prayer or solitude or reading scripture that that kind of minister to you in that season of life. Mm-hmm. Are, are there a couple of spiritual disciplines or spiritual habits that you kind of say, these are ones that are really helpful to me?
1: Well, the devotion is, is right. certainly one of them, and that helps me a lot. I I, I, I was... I've got a friend at uh, Nike. His name's Kit Morrison, and uh, we've known him. Regina calls, and I, I try not to be offended by this, but Regina calls him her favorite person in the world. Uh, <laughs> and 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 you won't appreciate this living, where, but but with us using, we used to be at Mississippi State. It, the only thing we could find fault with Kit is that he's an old Miss rebel, and uh, <laughs> we we we've tried to excuse him for that. But but uh, Kit is a wonderful storyteller, and he talks about... That's like a sun devil. Just that's like, right, very similar so, to very similar to that type, to our rivalry here. There's and a couple here. So. There's a couple? We practice grace. You, we practice you have, grace. Good. Well, Jesus we all make mistakes in our right. lives. <laughs> I mean, it, it happens. <laughs> um, but uh, Kit talks about how, he said, Greg, every day take, a, take your sandals or your slippers to bed with you. And he said, when you're taking them off, s- slide them down underneath the bed as far as you can. And he said, while you're down there, say your prayers. And I fall far short of doing that on a regular basis as much as I want to. Um, but I actually, was, went, I got to go to Asia with him in January with Kit. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I've, since, that, since he's done that, I've, I, I do that more than I used to. That's one of the things I, I struggle with a lot, is keeping that prayer life going mm-hmm. on. And again, it's going back to what I said earlier. When you do those things, and you stay strong there, um, what a difference it makes yeah
0: yeah well that's really what paul's kind of saying to timothy is train yourself condition yourself mm-hmm. in that and it's not this repetition that can becomes bland or can lose its flavor um but in a sense that it's it's positioning our lives to become more and more uh proactive and engaged in our relationships. so um Talk to me a little bit about or share with us just some other leaders. Uh, I know your dad's been one of those big influences, but are there some other leaders maybe outside of kit that uh, has been impactful to you that you look back in your life and say this, these people really uh, invested in me and sure. made a difference sir.
1: Yeah, well, Mitch Barnhart, who's the AD at Kentucky mm-hmm. still, and, and he, he really encouraged me in my faith and my walk, um, gave me extreme opportunities at a very young age to be to have some professional opportunities Mm that he hired me as an associate at Oregon State at 26 and um, in the pecking order that's a pretty good position and and, man I was just I was lucky I didn't know what the heck I was doing and um, and he gave me an opportunity to go learn and um, and I was I was fortunate for that Um, there's a guy that just retired recently uh, from the NCAA, a guy named Tom Jernstedt. Hmm. What you see in the, the Final Four, what that is, that's Tom's. He created that, and uh, was with the NCAA for 37 years. And he's kind of like the Godfather to me. I used to when I when we lived in Kentucky, we, I'd drive up to Indianapolis a couple times a year, and I'd say, you know, Mr. Jernstedt and I come have lunch with you and just learn. And we'd sit at this Marriott close to the NCAA headquarters, and he doesn't talk real loud, you know, kind of like the Godfather. And, and, but every word he was saying about our industry I just soaked it in and he had mm-hmm. such great history and understanding and and, and 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 he'd become a very good friend of mine um, I'm not into I'm not very good about history mm-hmm. but I, I do admire and read and and uh, and love a lot of the quotes from Abraham Lincoln um, I think uh, you know talk about a servant leader and, uh, and that, yeah and so I, it's uh, it's amazing, but I mean, it, but if you said to me, you didn't ask me this, but I'll go ahead and ask myself. So, Greg, um, if, if you could have dinner with any down. one person now, <laughs> <laughs> who would it be? You know, it would be Jesus, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And uh, you want to talk about servant leadership and, and uh, uh, humility mm-hmm. um, and just a, uh, uh, a, a grace and love that none of us can comprehend.
0: And we get the benefit of it. That's right. So uh, I know as your faith is important to you and God's given you a platform of leadership that, that's pretty, pretty unique, I'll say, for Tucson and the influence that you have here and, and the ability to have that. Uh, and I know you, you wear that very humbly. Um, in the context of that, God's given you a, a faith in him and, and you want to share that with people, but I know in some ways that's challenging to do. Um, I'm just curious how you of go about living that out because that's what our, we're called to do in, in whatever scope and sphere of influence that we have is to, to point people to Jesus in the context of that. How have you found your faith living out and be able to share and point people?
1: I, I think it's a few different things. I think um, I'm, I'm asked regularly by young people especially and sometimes people who are looking or who have a certain crossroads in their life, they ask to meet with me and talk about their career, talk about mm-hmm. their future aspirations. And uh, for whatever reason, some folks have identified um, with me on that and uh, and so I, I try to listen for things they're saying and talk about their lives and if you can kinda of get to another level with them there's an opportunity mm-hmm. they're one on one in small groups um, and again I fall sh- short of it but I try to have a lifestyle that, that uh, hopefully exudes that and represents that well I, I try to be careful with my tongue um, and again I'm not perfect at it um, but I uh, um, I, I I try to hopefully set an example that that is is um, that represents well, and mm-hmm. then and then you just try to plant little seeds um, I, through Twitter and such. I'm not quoting scripture, but um, we just had a uh, unfortunately very sad a UCLA football player died last night, got hit by a car. I read that, and uh, so in our in our in you know the tweet I we put out, I made sure I said prayers. You know, just something as simple as that where sometimes you'll just see thoughts. Uh, whether you believe in prayer or not, I uh, have a hard, hard time believing that you're going to necessarily be offended by somebody saying that. And so I try to plant those seeds, and, I'll, you know, we'll talk about, hey, we went to church on Sunday. Mention that to somebody in conversation. And you hope those are little seeds that you can plant through your, your day-to-day walk and day-to-day interaction with people that people will say, hey, why? You know, tell me more about that. And then you take that opportunity. And, uh, and I think we, every one of us in this room has those opportunities because mm-hmm. we, we all have people that we're going to come across in our lives um, that are going to be are paying attention to what you say and what you do. I, I'm amazed that how many people will come up to me and say, Greg, I remember when you told me this. And I'm like, it goes back to what my parents t- told me about telling the truth because I'm not smart enough to remember my <laughs> lies. And I'm like, okay, if you say I said it. Now, sometimes somebody will say, you said this to me, and I know I didn't say that. Um, but, and so you've got to defend yourself sometimes right. with that. But um, you, you try to find little nuggets and pieces and information. Um, I don't know the last time you've been in the office, Reg, but Mitch Barnhart, who I mentioned, just sent me a chair, and I told you about it. Um, but it, it's got a great story, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a chair that's a very humble chair, and it talks about um, he wanted to find a chair and he redid it and everything like that, but it's, it, it doesn't have any varnish on it. It's just a wood, wood chair that's been, been sanded down. Um, but it talks about humble leadership and there's a story tied to it. And the part of the story was there's, a, there's an old man that was about ready to die and he was struggling with his prayer life. And somebody said, you know, just pull up a chair next to you. And have that chair be empty, you know. And imagine that you're talking to God, sitting in that chair. Just have a conversation. And again, I'm, I've got a ways to go on that, but um, and it helps. And so people have asked me why I have that chair in my office. And so I'll say to them, you know, I'll say, do you, do you have a faith? And uh, some will say, yes, absolutely. And some will say, I'm not sure. And some will say, no. And mm-hmm. I said, well, it's, it's tied to that. If you want to hear about it, I'd be happy to talk with you about it. That's you know, really cool. Opportunities like that. That's really
0: cool. Do you have a, a favorite verse? That yeah, you really
1: yeah, ab- absolutely. Um Matthew nine, Matthew nine, verses ten through thirteen. Jesus is going to go eat dinner with the tax collectors, the prostitutes, and the sinners. And the Pharisees see that, and say, and the disciples are right there, and they say to the the Pharisees, say to the disciples, look at your leader and who he's hanging out with. You know, he's kind of hanging out with the low life, so to speak. And Jesus hears that and comes over and and says to uh, uh, the Pharisees, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinner.
0: Mm-hmm. that's me and I asked you that on purpose because I knew that was your favorite verse yeah. <laughs> and I think you know for a it's really easy for churches to turn inward and become a fortress mentality and the truth is we are the light of the world um, and you know maybe you're here tonight and like you're not on a faith journey yet you're just kind of investigating and I want to encourage you to keep coming and to find a a place that you can take steps in that faith journey. And if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, then I think you ought to let that kind of ring in your heart a little bit this week of who's God put around you. And So I'm not going to preach, but (laughs) I'm feeling it. Um.
1: (laughs) But but with that, 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 again, that's what attracts me to Christianity. Mm. It's grace, love, humility. It's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Part of what Regina and I both have struggled with on our journey is 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 um, we went to a church service one time, and I won't tell you where, but um, they had a, a person that was extremely, extremely conservative in there, and it's good to hear different viewpoints on what's taking place, but it it was it was hell, it was fire, it was condemnation, and we got done and the, and the congregation gave them a standing ovation and I sat there that day and I thought. You know what if I'm I'm struggling with certain sins in my life, and uh, and I've and I've come looking for that that grace. Boy, I would have been turned off. Hmm. Yeah, it gets, um, Regina says I cry at the opening of a Dairy Queen. So me too. Uh, yeah, me
0: too. Um,
1: <laughs> but, or Baskin Robbins. Yeah, at right. Baskin Robbins, just the good things in <laughs> life, right? <laughs> but um, I. Uh, I want the church to be about love. You know, Mm the Bible tells us to love people. And uh, and, and in our daily lives, like I said earlier, each of us have an opportunity, you know, to hopefully positively impact somebody. Mm -hmm. And it's not a faith-based book, but there's a book called How Full Is Your Bucket? Real simple read. And basically the premise is this. Every day you're either filling somebody's bucket or emptying somebody's bucket, you're not maintaining it, and and I think about that, and I don't care if if I'm at the gas station, I don't care if, I'm, I'm, if we're at church, we're out to eat, or anything like that. Um, and again, I'm not perfect at it. Uh, I want to fill people's buckets, and uh, and I hope that part of that, uh, I hope the focus of that, where people will say, "Where's that coming from?" Mm. And and then there's that opportunity to share. And, and you know, that's that's pretty cool, in my that's super cool. Yeah.
0: And I've seen that play out for you.
1: Well, I, we try. And, we uh, try.
0: So keep going. Thank you. Keep going. Um, maybe a couple last questions here. Just in the realm of sport, how has your faith been able to help you in that? You've done a lot being here for just, what, three, four years now? Yeah,
1: we're, well, four, it'll be four, four years. years in March.
0: Um I've grown up here. Mm-hmm. I've been going to U of a football games since I was in junior high, and I'm 42 now. And so do the math. But... Um, Seen some God, good times and some bad times. Yeah, I have. Yeah. But it's all been good because sure. it's with family. Sure. But I think, you know, you, you've accomplished a lot uh, leadership-wise. How has God helped shape you and guide you through that process? Because I know that, has, I, that can't have been easy.
1: It, it's... Uh God's help kept me humble. Mm. Um, you know, when, when when we when we win a ball game, boy, everybody's patting me on your back. I always say we're always. I say to our staff, you notice I don't say my staff. I don't own them. Mm. Okay, um, I'm fortunate for the people I get to work with, uh, and and so we really try to build a sense of community. We try to s- build a sense of all of us working together. Every time I get somebody say, "Boy, you're doing a great job," I'll I'll respond back. To, you know, thank you we got a bunch of good people making all this happen. Mm. And we really do. Yeah, you do. Um, and, and so I, th- I think the, the, where a lot of the songs tonight, having the focus not be on me, even though you have to lead. And I struggle with that, because mm. um, we do a, an email called Wildcat Wednesday. Anybody here get that? All right, cool. Goes out to 150,000 people every week. And it's got a pretty good circulation to it. And I know not everybody, I'm, I'm sure everybody here tonight but I know, I know not everybody reads it cover to cover. Most of you go down to the pictures at the bottom and see if, see if you know the people in the pictures. <laughs> but you know when we write that, and it's a group of about three or four of us that write that each week. When when we write that, every time I go through, as I'm editing and doing, going through it, I, if I see the word I, boy, it's very rare well that will show up in there. Mm. It's we. Uh, there's a, there, I've got a short course in human relations science, uh, um, picture right above my desk. And it says, you know, the four most important words is what is your opinion. Um, uh, the three, I'm not a big fan of that one. The, the two most important words is thank you. Uh, the, the most important word is we, and the mm-hmm. least important word is I. And um, and so it's um, you're you're it, we all know this. We're only as good as the folks around us. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's really important to to empower them and make them feel like they're valued in what takes place. A lot of that's right here. Mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, It's important to remember that on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe the final question is just, I've gotten to hear you share a little bit at the FCA uh, golf tournament that you did and are, are, were there with Richard. Um, is there any last closing thoughts that you'd like to share with us just about training in faith? Or, um, and then we wanna pray for you.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm, Love it if, you, if we could include Regina on that too. I would too. love to. Um, you know, one thing I know for sure about the only thing I've got figured out is I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> and uh, um, you need to. Uh, I hope each of you work on a daily basis to have trust and faith in the people that you're around. And you know, I know sometimes people are going to break that trust. They're going to break mm-hmm. that faith. Um, And hopefully, you can be in a position where you can say, "Can I forget?" You need to forgive, but can I trust again? And uh, and the ability to forgive, the ability to trust—boy, it softens your heart. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that you know—that's such the powerful thing about our faith is that that uh, you know God God forgave us for our sin. With hanging a son on the cross, you know that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, was, I was like, gosh, don't get emotional tonight, but I failed miserably queen. at that. There's, there's another uh, Dairy Queen. It's fine. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, hopefully, it can be on the internet and go all over the place. That, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, just enjoy. And we we like I said, we each have those opportunities. There's a, so everybody knows how strong Tim Tebow is in his faith, and some of you may have may have. You may have heard me tell the story before. One of the things we're doing with our fan base where we try to get everybody to wear the colors on Friday, okay? because all of our recruits come in on Friday. And so we know when they go to Phoenix, and they're the devils up there, so we don't like them, right? Yeah. <laughs> you seem OK. Uh, and uh, you know, when, you, when you, and you go to LA, you go to the Bay Area, you go to Seattle, they're not going to see that when the recruits come in town. And so here's where I got that idea from when when i was hiring a football coach at mississippi state um ended up and regina had huge influence on me i listened to her which i i need I, I, I smart yeah it's, it's smart to do <laughs> guys that's important to do you got to listen to your listen to your wives or your girlfriends that's that's really important um but i was really struggling in my decision making i couldn't get comfortable with who we were going to hire as a football coach and if you know anything about college athletics who your football coach is kind of a big deal and i was this was the first time i had done this on my own and uh and so I was really struggling, and, and I had been in Dallas the day before interviewing a couple of coaches, and I, and I had ended up back in Starkville that night. Uh, and so I got to sleep in my own bed. And I'm getting up the next morning, Regina, and we're going to go visit a coach that I, we're getting close to maybe offering the job to who we didn't end up doing. I'm getting out of bed, and Regina's like, you're just, and she's going to come with me to meet the wife. OK? Happy wife, happy life. So we got to make sure that everything's good. So Regina's going to spend some time with the wife. So we're getting out of bed, and Regina says, you're not comfortable, are you? I said, no, I'm not. And she said, well, why aren't you talking to Dan Mullen from University of Florida? He was Urban Meyer's offensive coordinator. And I said, well, we, I had set some parameters that if anybody talked, you were done. And Urban had come out and said, yeah, Dan's interviewing with Mississippi State. So Dan was off my list. And I, I you know, you got to back up what you say you're going to do. And Regina said to me, Do you ever think that Urban Meyer maybe did that on purpose? I said, well, no, why? She said, maybe he doesn't want to lose him. And how are we influencing people? And so that's why we want you to wear the colors. That's why if you're, if you're walking a walk, and hopefully having opportunities to talk the talk. And don't, there, there's a guy named Rob Bell. Uh, he has DVDs called Numa. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. He's got this one called Bullhorn. And it shows Rob going into this concert and, with his friends. And there's a guy out there with the signs and the, and the bullhorn screaming at everybody that you're going to hell. I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I I don't get it. I don't get it. And and he's talking about doing setting an example that other people are going to be attracted to. I don't think any of us are attracted to, you know, I'm around coach Rodriguez a lot and he and he's getting after his players, that's not always a whole lot of fun. You may not be too attracted to that all the time, but he's he's coaching them up and making them better in what he's doing. But think about that for us on a daily basis. And again, I fall far short. And uh and, but I'm trying every day I know you said trying earlier, but I'm, I'm trying every day and, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully training to, to continue to improve that on a daily basis so that's a long answer to your short question
0: It's a good answer yeah. it's a Thanks. good answer so um, well Regina, would you join us up here would that be all right? And then could you share with us just how we can be praying for the both of you?
1: Well first of all pray for us in our marriage and then secondly, as parents um, and, and friends and, 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 you know, like I told you, it's been a journey for us in our faith, too, and just to continue to have it grow and strengthen. Um, Reg, and pray for our families. Okay. Yeah, A woman I worked with for a long time, a long time, uh, um, uh, she just got diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go see her this week. Um, so pray for her because she doesn't have a faith. And I'm What's gonna her name? Linda Hurd. Linda, okay. And I'm going to try to talk to her a little bit this week All right. about we'll that. right, we'll pray for that. We'll pray for that.
0: Well, we're going to move on in our service uh, after this prayer. We're going to take communion, and if you are a follower of Jesus, you're welcome to do that. And I'm just going to invite you to stand right where you're at, just so we as a whole church family are praying for you. So this isn't just me. We just want to pray for you both, and we appreciate you being here and sharing your story. And uh, let's just all pray, and then we're going to move into worship. So I'll invite our worship team back up. We'll end with a song here, and then Brian will close us out in just a second. So let's pray. Father, we're grateful for Grateful for you, grateful for the grace that you give us. We think of communion and just remembering the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That it's through His sacrifice that we can even stand and uh, and have a relationship with you. So Father, pray for Greg and Regina and for Davis and Nick that um, that you would continue to mold their family, that you would allow them to sneak incredible connection moments with one another, that you'd allow them to be sparked forth in their faith that in, in just the random parts of life, Jesus, that you would meet them, that you'd surprise them with your grace, that you would surprise them with your presence in a way that that you're taking thought of them and that you're caring for them. We pray for your leadership blessing over Greg and just uh, so grateful for uh, the opportunity you've given him to have a platform of influence, not just for good things and leadership for our university and for our city, but, Father, for Jesus and uh, to... I I just love his heart uh, to reach people, and I pray that we as a church and the churches across the city would have that grow more and more in our lives, that the church of Jesus would be attractive again, that we wouldn't stand with a bullhorn, we'd stand with open arms to welcome people and to meet people where they're at. So, Father, we pray for your traveling mercies, and we pray for Linda tonight. I pray for this conversation that Greg's gonna have with her. I pray that you'd even now be preparing and opening doors and opportunities and windows of conversation to turn in your direction. And I pray that she would see Jesus in the midst of that and even before he gets there, that you'd draw her. And Father, would you use uh, the Byrne family and uh, would you bless them simply because they're some of your favorite kids and you love them a whole bunch And may they know they've got a church family here that's caring for them and cheering them on every step of the way. We pray that in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. amen.